Okay, we're back. Back again, Bob. Back live. Well, not really live because it's a podcast, but back, back talking to two guys in the cloud. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? I feel a little rusty a little bit. I know. Shake the rust off. <laughs> I, know. I am glad, though. I mean, it's, you know, it's the thing about podcasts. It, it just, you know, you got to keep feeding the dialogue, right? So right. I'm, I'm excited to be back here. And we have a fantastic guest uh, with us, Colin Martin. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Welcome. I, I appreciate appreciate you guys having me today. Yeah. And, oh. you know, and we're, we're here today to talk about, and, you know, we're going to talk about device, and I'm going to call communication all lumped together, right? In the sense that I think that there's a very clear path between the, you know, cloud and transformation and how, you know, the pandemic impacted all of us in terms of how we communicate um, through this remote worker environment and, and you know, kind of plus, because I think there's all these different new ways of communication. And Colin, I know you're right in front of, um, you're, you're in the trenches there because you're you're in front of the Plantronics business. Um, and what I'm hoping you could do is just sort of kick us off by giving us a bit of background on yourself. You know, you're, we love hearing the journey on how people have gotten to technology and, you know, how, what, what puts you here in this conversation. And then let's just talk about all the cool stuff that you're you're involved in. Sure. Yeah. So I really started for me right out of college. I went to Arizona State University here in uh, Tempe, Arizona, which is where I'm located today. Um, started with uh, actually a competitor of Insight, was it with CDW for about five years, lived in Chicago for a bit. Um, went to a global role at a company called Software One. Yep, the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> uh, I was there when they won the World Series. It was fantastic, had a great yes. time. Um, started with, a, I did a global role for a while in, in education, working for a company called Software One. So I was traveling all across the globe London, Zurich, Switzerland, New Delhi, India, um, all different types of places. And then finally, really found my home at, at Insight. Um, and when I say home, I, it really is a home to me. I have a twin brother who works at Insight. We actually sit pretty close to each other in the Tempe office. Okay. Everyone gets us confused. It's it's uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, he works the uh, AMD line for for Insight. Um, so I started with Insight about four years ago. Was working with Avaya. Um, was doing a lot of uh, telephony for them and then moved over to Polycom right as the uh, um, purchase of Plantronics purchased Polycom about I want to say three months after I started so a lot of transitions a lot of it was fun exciting it was nerve-wracking um, and then obviously went through the rebrand of, of Plantronics and Polycom going to Poly which is what it's called today and so Poly really is the Greek word for many and that just means we have many ways of communicating, right, in, in our environment. We really are one of the true players when it comes to um, collaboration in, in our field, right? So we have uh, voice with our telephony and our, our new phones for teams. Uh, we have headsets. Obviously, everyone knows our headsets. It's a very popular line. And then our video, our enterprise video um, line as well. Um, just but recently with, with COVID hitting, we've really had to innovate our products and we've had to go with a more personal touch, right? So Polycom was never really known for personal devices, right? We had a webcam, it was really more for your small huddle room spaces. But over the last year, we've really had to innovate 
what we're looking at from a, what the market's going to look like in the near future. So a lot of personal devices have started to come out. We just released a new webcam, um, a new uh, studio uh, personal bar device as well, has audio built into it. And then we actually are starting to get into the monitor business. We have an all-in-one monitor called the P21 that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months, right? If you would ask me a year ago if Poly is going to be making you know personal monitors for home usage, I would have called you crazy. But that's kind of the yeah. world we live in. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense, um, you know, particularly in terms of this sort of, you know, uh, I, I guess, merge of the work environment and the home environment and what's a home monitor anymore. You know, I mean, that's yeah. I, I don't know if that really is real. But before we get into the technology, I, I want to comment on a couple of things because you just went through a bit of your background and just thoughts just kept occurring to me for those who can't see Colin because they're not looking at the YouTube but listening in. He's a younger gentleman. Um, and, you know, having having had gone to ASU, uh, I'm thinking about actually my youngest son goes to U of A. So I guess oh, okay. he, he, would, he would take exception, I guess, from what I understand, yes. a bit of a rivalry. But <laughs> it, it, it does it does make me think about a couple of things. One is if for those of the our listeners that are in the early chapters of their career, Colin's journey, I think, is really cool because, you know, he. There's a there's this sort of niche in our business that you don't know about when you're in college, which is this I would call product marketing type of niche where you append yourself to a brand and you you know carry that banner within the what I would call the distribution reselling community and you you become that advocate right and it, it's very conducive to folks that come with, from a communications background, that come from a business background. Great way to get into the technology space and also a great way to have a ton of fun. So like you're talking about your journey through a global journey, you know, at, at your chapter at Software One. I mean, how many folks in the early part of their career get to do that? You know, I mean, it's it's really neat. So, you know, a little plug for those that are thinking about what to do after college is I think about, you know, my kids. This is this is a really cool, really cool. I like the way you got into the space. I guess I want to just say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's not something I ever thought about. It's funny you said that it's great for communication major, business major. That was literally my major at Arizona State was business communication. So yeah. it's like perfect for, for me, right? And I, if you would ask me when I was a senior in college, if I would have gone down this path, I would have said, I, I don't know. I probably not, right? But I've been doing it for 10 years now. I just turned 31. It's, I, it's something that I always said, you know, I'll do it for a few years and I'll get out of it. Now I can't see myself doing anything else. It's it's part of my life, right? So, um, and I love it. It's it's awesome. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're actually helping organizations kind of transform their workplace. You're actually helping people, um, you know, run more efficient. Um, it's really exciting and it's it's really great. And uh, it's, I've had a, a great time doing it. And like you said, from a, a global standpoint, I got to see places I probably never thought I'd ever get to see, uh, you know, Paris, France and, you know, Rome, Italy. Um, I got to see so many cool places just from doing this job. Right. And I almost was like, is this actually work <laughs> at some yeah, points? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it was a great time and it's been it's been fantastic. And insights kind of it, it's taken it to the next level as well too you know i get to go to montreal and some of these other great offices in the united states and you know we have a global presence as well i hope one day to get to see our london office and once COVID is you know over yeah. which you yeah. know may never be over but uh one of these days you know it's my plan to go and see some of these offices that insight has globally as well too yeah agreed so colin i think you also buried the lead when you said you had a twin in the company so yes. that gets me to all kind of hijinks. Are, are you guys identical twins? 
Did you like used yes. to cover for each other on days, oh, yeah. bad days, or all the did, time? You know, yeah. did, like is is one brother always on vacation and the other one covers anything like that? <laughs> so it's funny. Um, we're we're fraternal twins, but everyone okay. swears we're identical, so we look exactly okay. like. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Nobody. Our parents can't tell us apart half the time. So um, <laughs> for the for the most part, I, I tell people we're fraternal. Everyone goes, "You're a liar. You guys are identical." I'm like, "Why would I lie about that?" But no, yeah, we are fraternal. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny in high in high school, you know, he he was always kind of stronger in English. I was always kind of stronger in math. So we may have swapped classes a few times and maybe taken a test or two for each other. Uh, nice. Yeah, it got a little bit harder when we were in college because we had different majors. But uh, we, we we've lived together. We lived together through, all throughout college. We both went to Arizona State. Um, so yeah, we've we've had a good time. And uh, yeah, he's I still get to see him almost every day when when we were in the office. So yeah, it's been a fun time. Yeah, that's cool. But they give each other, they do the QBR for each other. That way, if there's any. I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's right. That's funny. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about, you know, the world you're living, you know. So um, obviously, you know, our world has changed an awful lot. We're all communicating remotely. Um, and I'm sure just like every other business, you know, uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about poly. But, you know, we're not just talking about poly, you know, yeah. you, it's a whole ecosystem that you're in front of right now. And that whole ecosystem, I'm sure, is developing very rapidly to keep up with change. What are you seeing? I mean, what are the changes that are happening today? Yeah. So, I mean, if you would have told somebody about Zoom, you know, a year and a half ago, they would have said, what what the heck is what's Zoom, you know? Zoom means I go faster, right? Now it's a part of everybody's vocabulary. I'll zoom you later, right? I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, it's almost like, hey, I'll FaceTime you. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a video chat world that we live in now, right? So, um, you know, it, 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 again, a couple of years ago, we were having conversations with clients saying, you know, hey, what are your plans for the future? What are you, what are you guys thinking for video? And they were always like, we're an in, in person company. All our meetings are in person, right? COVID has really changed. <laughs> There's no more in-person, right? Everything's virtual. Everything's through Teams, you know, WebEx, Zoom, right? In the first month of the pandemic, we saw about 900 million Teams minutes uh, per day. That grew in about a, a couple of weeks to 2.7 billion <laughs> meeting minutes. Wow. And the video usage from Teams grew from 21% to 43% in March 2020 alone. So we just saw this explosion of video. And with that came a lot of headaches for a lot of IT departments, right? Was, hey, what, what do I need to get my team to be more efficient with video conversations, right? So we saw a lot of webcams. I think we sold more webcams in like the first three months of the pandemic than we had ever at Poly. <laughs> so within three months, it was just a gangbusters, right? And I'm sure a lot of the other manufacturers, Logitech and these guys just saw their webcam sales explode, right? And so um, with that obviously came uh, as well as the audio portion of that. So we saw a lot of companies coming to us and just saying, hey, whatever we can get our hands on, we need 20,000 headsets. And we're like, do we have 20,000 headsets in, this, in the channel? We don't know, right? So it really kind of put us into high gear. We used on a good day, we would probably make 20,000 headsets in our in our warehouse down in Mexico. We had to up that in the pandemic to about 100,000 units a day, a little over 100,000 units. So we were just churning out as many headsets as we could. Right. And so the initial portion of it we saw was just kind of a desperation. Get me, you know, a USB wired headset that I can just send to all of my employees that I know will work. Right. So we saw that. Early on, we were selling a lot of our Blackwire series, which is our kind of our cheaper USB portion headsets, which were fantastic. Um, 
But now what we're starting to see is we need a little bit more flexibility, right? People are saying, hey, you know, the USB wired headset's great, but I like to walk around when I talk and I need something that's wireless or I need something that I can connect to my laptop via Bluetooth adapter because I want to walk around. I'm using a Voyager 8200. I walk around every time I talk, it seems like. So for me, a USB wired headset wouldn't work, right? And so a lot of workers we're starting to see now are going back to their management and going, hey, yeah, this headset's great, but I need something a little bit more flexible. And so we're starting to see that now a little bit more rapid ascension into a little bit more personalization. So the number one thing I see with a lot of companies that kind of gets them into trouble is that they limit what they can buy or what their employees can buy. And they'll give them like two options. They'll give them a USB wired headset with a single ear or a dual ear, right? That doesn't always work for all your employees, right? Every employee is, is different. So what Poly does is we give different personas to different workers. We have our, you know, our remote workers, our road warriors, um, our office workers. And each one of those guys probably has a different preference as to what they want from a headset. And so when we talk to clients, we try to explain to them, hey, not everybody is the same, right? You know, um, um, some people want over the ears, they want single ear, they want dual ears, they want wired, they want wireless. What really, what we see the best complement to a lot of these employees is giving them the flexibility to choose whatever they want, right, in their environment. And not only do we see that from the headset perspective, we see that from the video perspective as well, right? So in the past, we get calls from clients say, hey, I'm a, I'm a WebEx customer. That's all I use. I need a video conferencing for an enterprise solution. You know, I have a boardroom with 20 employees. What we're seeing today now is, hey, I have half of my organization is on Zoom. Another third is on Teams. Another third is on WebEx. And I don't know what to do, right? So flexibility within the video conferencing world has been very important and so so I know let, let me ask you let me ask you this because i mean it you know it all rings true to me but one of, one of the thoughts i i have is you know like i here i have, I have a you know laptop to surface and you know i've got a camera in it i've got you know i, I happen to have my trusty yeti mic yes testing and that's only because it makes me feel like i actually am on a podcast that's it it just looks like a podcast mic but you know what what you know, like, why would I want to spend, you know, more money on a separate camera? Why do I need, you know, earphones? You know, when I can hear you, honestly, I hear you, I sound, you, you sound pretty okay. You know what I mean? Like, and I know that there are real reasons behind this and I, that's what I want to talk through. Why, what do we, what's the additional value in this world that we live in that comes from these devices? Yeah. So for a lot of people too, it's, it's just quality, right? So for video quality, a lot of our cameras today now have active speaker tracking built into them. So if somebody does like to walk around their uh, your their home office, the camera will track them. Your laptop can't do that. Um, 4K, we've had some clients reach out to us and say, hey, I need 4K video. I need to feel like I'm actually in the room with this person when I'm talking to them. That's another step up, right? Most people's laptops aren't, aren't have housing 4K <laughs> video right. units in them. Right. And then from an audio perspective, you know, clear, concise audio has been a, always a big need when you're communicating with somebody. And I, our headsets really built build. Oh, most of them have built in um, noise cancellation. Um, and so, you know, block out a lot of the no background noises. If, if your wife or your, your husband's vacuuming in the background. Right. You won't hear that. Right. I can't tell you how many meetings I've joined. And, you know, you get the background noise of a dog barking. Right. And so we try I to can, eliminate I contribute the, to that. Yes. Actually, I don't contribute to that. My dogs contribute to that. That's, <laughs> but you're right. It happens. It happens every, every day. day. 
Yeah, every day I'm on a call with, you know, a client and I hear some kind of weird background noise. And, you know, I'm always I always play the game. You know, what gets that noise? You know, if it's, is it a garbage disposal? What is that noise? Right. So what we really try to do is just have the focus be on the person speaking. And so we try to block out that background noise. So, you know, with the headset I'm wearing today has, you know, a boomless mic, you would think, hey, there's probably going to be so much background noise that the guy can hear. Nope. This thing has uh, uh, some great technology. It's almost like a visor that it really just anything that's not in front of my mouth is blocked out. And so I wear these things in crowded airports pre-COVID and you couldn't, you couldn't tell I was in an airport. So we really tried to innovate the, you know, the audio technology, not only just with our headsets, we do it with a lot of our, um, our audio conferencing as well too. So we've, you know, a lot of people know Polycom back in the days is being really famous for their starfish conference phones. Um, you know, you see them in, in movies and television all the time, you know, get me the president, right? It's usually, you know, either a Cisco or Polycom phone that you see. And I, I play those games all the time. I, I see phones on office desks and TV shows and I go, is that a Navaya phone? Is that a Cisco phone? Oh, it's a Polycom phone. Great. That's awesome. So I, you know, I play those games all the time when I'm, when I'm watching media. Uh, but for us, mostly it's just, it's, it's all about the user experience, right? We want it to be simplistic. We want it to work, but we also want it to be quality when, you, when you're talking to somebody. And that's really been the big focus, not only for Poly, I'm sure, as the other competitors in our space, like the Jabras and the Logitechs of the world. Yeah, Colin, let, let me dive deep on that a little bit, because I'm always interested in the difference between, you know, a professional headset and then the, the retail ones, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the Beats and some of the other um, Bose headphones that we kind of see more geared to the retail market. Uh, I've said this story a couple of times on this um, podcast, but, you know, when I was with Microsoft, they uh, they brought out the iPad and what was called the tablet PC way before uh, Apple did. But the issue is they targeted towards a professional audience and it, it didn't sell that well. Right. And then uh, Apple said, you know what, this is really a consumer product and they packaged it differently and, uh, you know, blew their company up with uh, iPad. So wanted to get, you know, see one, is there is there a good uh, crossover between the two? And then what would your recommendation be for somebody that, you know, maybe has to uh, has to buy it out of their own pocket and are looking for a device that could uh, cross over? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of great options for for in that space, right? And we do we do have a retail line that's fantastic. We make some sports um, uh, kind of ear pod like um, devices for people who work out and that kind of thing as well. Uh, but for us, with the business grade, uh, we really kind of design the the business grade to be a little bit more flexible, uh, be able to switch between your cell phone, your laptop. Um, any kind of Bluetooth device. So I could use this when I'm gaming, this device. I will play my PlayStation. I plug my little Bluetooth adapter into the PlayStation. I can, I can use it. So flexibility is huge. I know with a lot of those um, consumer lines, like the Beats and those stuff, they're not really known for, for their audio pickup and their quality um like these devices like the business devices are we actually sell a, a, a headphones just similar to the voyager 8200 that don't have any kind of um, um mic pickup so it's just just your headset so it competes with the the beats and you know the the bows and the the i think sony has a pair of these as well um so we do have lines like that but what's great about our business line is we really give you that 
flexibility, kind of use it however you want. Just right now with the Voyager 200, I'm connected to my cell phone, I'm connected to my laptop. If I had another work phone, I could connect to that as well too. I could connect up to five different devices if I want to, right? Uh, might get a little confusing, which phone call am I, am I receiving today, right? And I occasionally will have that. I think I'm getting a Teams call on my laptop, but it's really my cell phone ringing, um, things like that. But the, so flexibility is really big. Um, but if you want that kind of combination, if you're spending out of your own pocket, I always say, look at two things, you know, look at if you're gonna use it every day, you know, you obviously want it to be comfortable, right? You want something that's gonna work. Uh, as well as, as probably the price point, right? So um, some people don't have $400 to spend on a headset. So there are some great lines that, you know, the Voyager uh, 5200 for us, which is kind of our signature over the ear, kind of comes down the mic to, to your mouth, right? What we've really been known for over the last couple of years in the in the headset world, you probably see it on TV, right? The guy, the, the guy who's driving in his car and has the over the ear headset uh, that's connected via Bluetooth. Yep, there you go, right there. I, There's I the 5200. It. Right. That's a great, you know, relatively inexpensive device that can connect to multiple devices as well as be used. You know, you can listen to music on that thing if you want. Yeah. to. So it's yeah. it's fantastic and it's relatively inexpensive. Right. If you want to go a little bit higher end, you know, we have the Voyager 8200, which I'm wearing today. Uh, we do have a real retail version of that, um, you know. Um, but the one thing that we've really worked on at Poly is. Um, is is try to drive the price down for for most of our products, and what's really driven that, and I think it's really been great for the marketplace, is there's a lot of competition in the marketplace now. So more competition in the marketplace drives the pricing down. We're seeing that from a video uh, conferencing standpoint as well too. You know, you have all these new players in this place. Logitech was never in this space before a couple of years ago. Now they're in you know the meeting room space. Yaylink is another company that's really kind of come in especially in the United States and started to take some market share from from a video conferencing standpoint. And so with that, everybody's competing against each other. So we're starting to see the prices start lower and lower uh, on a lot of our, our devices and their devices as well, too. So that's great for the consumer, right? It might not be great for me, <laughs> but it's great for the consumer. Right? No, so. no, I think it's a good, it's a good call out. And, you know, the one thing that becomes clear as you're talking through all this is that, you know, absent being able to be in person, you know, in a meeting or however you want to frame it, these devices help you get as close as you can, you know, in terms of, you know, when you talk about the 4K video or the audio being that much more crisp, you know, we can feel that much closer. I, I imagine that there are certain industries that are finding this to be an absolute requirement. Like when you think about, you know, the 4K video, right? I, you know, maybe I don't need 4K video, but there may be industries, and I'm going to kind of lean on your experience here, that need that kind of crisp video in order to be successful. Um, and I kind of want to think medical, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, what what are you hearing and feeling? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Medical is definitely huge. What we're seeing a lot of this, too, is an education. So education, yeah. yeah, K through 12 even is saying, hey, I need I need to be able to see, you know, what my students are working on in a high crisp definition. Right. I need to be Can able to go grade. Into that, go into that. My my wife happens to be a second grade teacher and I've yes. kind of talked about that a bit and our room downstairs has been a classroom but now she's back in classroom sort of part-time but it's been mm -hmm. interesting watching her in this whole thing and she's been dealing with zoom and the kids are like this big they're so yes. small there's so many <laughs> you know it's actually I, I mean I I I give her so much credit but what tools are being used by K through 12 right now in that you're seeing 
Yeah, so they were huge in um, early on with the USB corded headsets. They needed students to be able to, you know, focus in and listen to their teacher's instructions. So those were big off the bat. And then we started to see um, a lot of schools use a lot of collaboration bars. So they wanted their teachers to be able to walk around rooms and have a camera with audio uh, built into it. Uh, be able to walk around the room and not have to worry about wearing either a headset or be able to walk around and show different instructions on a whiteboard, things like that. So, you know, we got a, a pretty high demand for those kind of products early on. And so the big one was obviously um, they wanted active speaker tracking, right? So if the teacher needed to walk around the room, the camera would follow them almost like a TV production. Uh, they needed to be able to, uh, if if there was people in the other people in the room, let's say, you know, they had brought in a guest speaker for the day uh, group framing which a lot of our products have so it'll frame the group of the people in the environment um, as well as you know they needed high definition video right either a high definition or 4k video as well and so that was a big requirement was that you know it almost needs to feel like the teachers in the room with these students and, and is really connecting with them and so that was a that was a very big push for, for education and it still is right now with a lot of states that aren't back in the in the classroom um, we also saw a lot of states that had, you know, teachers maybe reporting into a classroom, but had a lot of remote students and maybe maybe some students in session as well, too. So we were looking at redesigning the classroom, right, where a lot of these classrooms never would have had a, a video conferencing bar or camera in them before. Now we're looking at, you know, individual classrooms implementing these solutions in them, right? And so with that comes a lot of IT headaches, right? You need to asset management them. Um, so what we're trying to do is uh, we've come out with some great new um, device management tools uh, to allow you know your IT staff to really deploy these devices and not really have to worry about them in their environment, right? You can manage them remotely. And so that's kind of always been the biggest pain point for a lot of these education institutions, especially as they um, deploy a lot of remote and, and, and in-classroom uh, devices is that, that device management. And so we're seeing a lot of uptick and demand for uh, solutions around device management in, in, our, in, the, in the classroom. Uh, but yeah, for, for education, it's been just so explosive from a, 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 not only an audio conferencing, but a video conferencing solution place. Yeah, no, really, really cool. Um, I, you know, I, I, it, to me that just, I, we, I, I know my wife wishes she had half of that stuff. I mean, it's yeah. been interesting to watch her. Honestly, that I think about the districts that have all that, and that's a huge advantage for those kids. So I think that that's, Great. One of the things that you were mentioning before we got on the call, um, which was, again, something I hadn't thought about, was availability. And I know that this will pivot a little bit away from the feature sets, but more about the practical realities of our business. Um, you know, with the spikes in demand that came with the pandemic, you know, you you were mentioning some of the statistics of going from, you know, a 20,000 kind of order. Do we have 20,000 units to needing that kind of volume on a daily basis? How, talk, can you talk a bit about those learnings and where the business is today? And is there enough availability in the let's call it the channel right now to support where the market is? So from a from a standpoint today, absolutely. There's there's headsets out there that we can get to an organization. It may not be your specific headset, but there are options out there and we can get pretty close to probably what you're looking for if it's not already available. Um, so from in the early days of the pandemic, um, 
we really were just tasked with finding whatever we could to, to implement orders. <laughs> we had clients coming to us and say, yeah, fulfill a 20,000 unit order. I need it here by Friday. And we're like, hey, it's 4.30 on a Thursday. <laughs> so we got overnight 20,000 headsets, right? Yeah, right. To the client, right? And so uh, we had even buyers who never, I never in my wildest dreams would say, hey, I'll pay MSRP pricing if it gets me to the top of the list. I'll pay full price. You know, I don't want any discounts. Just give me headsets, right? And so that was kind of the demand we were looking at. And so, you know, in the early days, on in, in at least from a Plantronics Poly uh, standpoint, you know, if we were making 20,000 headsets a day, we were having a pretty good day. We had to ramp up to over about 100,000 headsets per day in manufacturing just to meet demand. And even then, we were still seeing some stock issues early on in the pandemic. Uh, today, we're seeing is... Um, we are just fine and with the USB corded headsets. There are a few models here or there that we may have see some significant lead times on. A lot of that has to do with raw material shortages. So it's really not a poly issue. It's more of a global issue. Um, we're seeing some shortages in chips and things like that. Not only is it affecting the headset ask market. About that. I, you know, because you hear that, right? You know, yeah. the chip shortage. And I haven't been close enough to know, is that still real? But it sounds like it is still real that that's oh it's out. real yeah it's affecting pcs headsets you know even tele telephony so we have some some t uh, phones within the poly environment that are seeing some some spike in demand and I'll, with that demand obviously there's come some shortages with the chips and things like that uh like i said earlier i have a twin brother who works for amd he's he's seeing it with uh, amd and processors and things like that for the most part they're they're pretty good, but there are some certain lines that are hit. And so we're seeing that not only is it affecting, you know, the PC world, but people forget that, you know, a lot of our products use chips in them as well too, right? So our Voyager 5200 has an iOS chip in it. There's a shortage with that. So with that comes a little shortage in the Voyager 5200. Um, and so, yeah, it's just really for us, it's just communicating that to the client saying, hey, you know, we may not have this today, it's coming. Uh, but in the meantime, you could probably get by with X, Y, and Z product, you know, We'll ship that out to you, and then if you know in the future if if these come available, we'll, you'll be the first in line. We'll let you know. That, you know, we'll sell, send you some Forager 5200. So it's been it's been uh, it was challenging in the beginning. Now it's a little we're a little bit more flexible because we have a lot more lines we can kind of switch to. And so yeah, uh, and and I know a lot of these companies like uh, Jabra and Logitech and and us too. We've really been uh, great about coming out even with newer products during this pandemic and and being able to kind of pivot as needed to different product lines as, as the demand for them grows. Um, so flexibility in the supply chain has been huge for us. Um, it's really been a differentiator, um, especially in the early days. I remember in March and April, pulling my hair out because we we had no timelines. We had clients would come to us and say, hey, when can I expect my order of you know 16,000 units? And we couldn't give them an answer. Now I could probably give you an answer in about an hour. I could say, hey, it's gonna be here in two weeks. And we'll, you'll have it in about three. So uh, for us, it's being able to be a little bit more flexible and, and efficient in the supply chain, move things a lot quicker in, in our world. Yeah. How much, uh, and Bob, I guess this could be a question to you too. I, I have the, the chip shortage now, you know, a year later. What Do you have any sense for what's creating the chip shortage? I mean, I would have imagined in the beginning it was just labor. But at this point, I'm wondering, do you, do either of you know? Yeah, I, I think they're still playing catch up um, from being down uh, is, is what my understanding is. I don't have a lot of background on it, but I, from a personal standpoint, 
it sure is was difficult trying to find a new Xbox for my son over Christmas. <laughs> right? And yes. and um, I'm still hearing, even though I was lucky enough to wake up one morning and open my Target app and see my local store had one. So I just uh, reserved it and bought it right away. But I'm still hearing that, um, you know, the PlayStations are still out of stock. Xboxes are still out of stock, even at this point. Right. And we're well past Christmas and people um, there's still a huge need for for that as well. And you can tell when it, the big companies like Sony and Microsoft can't get them across the line that there's a real sh shortage for sure. Yeah. Um, Colin, I had a question. Um, you, you mentioned asset management and. Um, as you may know, I, I run the SAM practice here at Insight, and mm -hmm. even though it's software, um, you know, asset management is always very interesting to me. And headphones is a very personal device, right? And I'm I'm really interested in your take on some best practices that you've heard from um, some of the clients you work with on what happens with with these type of headphones and headsets. Uh, is it something clients ask for them back when you leave an organization? Because it's a really personal item, right? And, and, and to me, I would say, you know, even though this is a company asset, um, you know, it's kind of yours, <laughs> right? Because yeah. uh, you may be using it after hours, you may be doing other stuff, but at the same time, um, you know, this is uh, glued to your head eight or more hours a day. Um, I don't think we need that back as an organization. So just wanted to, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit on that, on, on what you think on that. Yeah, no, so it's, it's funny you say that because, yeah, we send out demos all the time of our products, right? And then one question we get is, hey, do you want this headset back? And we're like, no, we don't want it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep it, right? It's been in your earlobe. For I don't know how long I don't want it back, right? And so for a lot of these clients, it's it's just seen as a um, an asset. You know, once somebody leaves the company, it's either you know you could technically we we used to. It's funny, Plantronics used to have a cleaning service, right? So if you had a call center that you know had you know two thousand employees, and then you know had another shift coming in, or you were hiring a bunch more people, and you had um, headsets that had been used before, they would actually come on site and and do a cleanliness of the headset. Um, not something we're really well, doing I now. Bet you that's been world. high demand last year, yes, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, but for the most part, you know, for a lot of these companies, they'll say, "Hey, you know, um, it, once somebody new starts, or you know, if we have somebody leave the company, we'll just replace that headset." And it's kind of seen right. as an expenditure over the fact. So, you know, if an organization has ten thousand employees, they may order ten thousand five hundred, have five hundred in this in the in the stock room, right? And so, if a new employee starts, they just get, "Here you go, here's a new headset," and 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 that's kind of what we do at Insight with with uh, where insights a, a big poly customer uh we have stock i, I have to, every day i it feels like i'm being asked from from an employee of ours that says hey i need a new headset i just used to go into my cabinet and go here you go here's a new headset right and so you know break fix is is another big one as well too what's right. great about uh, poly is is uh for a lot of their headsets you know if you were to call the 2400 hotline and say hey you know my battery is not charging or hey you know my mic is is broken it's something you most of the time poly would just send you a new headset say no questions asked right so really just it depends on your organization and what your thought process is around it uh but we're extremely flexible right and so you know, all the time, even we have clients, Wells Fargo being our, our biggest poly client all the time will say, hey, you know, we have a, a teller in, you know, Mississippi whose battery is is not charging. 
right? I'll go to my cabin, I'll just ship a new battery. So we're very flexible uh, from, from that standpoint. I know Polly would do the same thing if you were to call a 2400 hotline and say, hey, I bought this headset six months ago, I'm having battery issues, we just ship you a new battery. And so we really try to take care of the customers, especially now in the in the COVID world, right? We really don't want to be RMAing a lot of headsets back to us and then reshipping it back out. We just want to fix yeah. it and be done with it. And so we'll, we'll take a look at the issue and, and figure out what's wrong with it. And if it's something we can just send you, uh, you know, a new battery for or a new part for, we'll just do it. And so being able to be flexible and, and, and be able to take care of your customer has been huge in this as well. So, you know, there's not uh, there's some instances where maybe we do have to do an RMA and take it back, but we're not going to re, re, re uh, brand the product and ship it back out again. It's probably, you know, we're going to maybe deconstruct it for a few spare parts and then most of it's, you know, being thrown away. So a lot of our clients see that as well, too. And they and they know that, you know, uh, they, nobody wants to be using a, a used headset <laughs> that somebody right. else is used right so you know it's almost like you know for a lot of people if 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 they leave and they had a personal or a, a work cell phone right most of the time you can wipe that device and, and get rid of it but a lot of people are weird about that they'll just you know they'll decommission that phone and give you a new cell phone uh for, for a new worker um so the headsets are kind of seen in that same light yeah so that that really gets me another question in my head how, what's the life cycle, right? PCs, anyone who worked at Microsoft, you know, we would tell clients, you know, three to four years, some would extend that out. How about headsets? How long do they last? And, you know, when do you need to refresh them? Yeah, so it really depends on the usage of them. Uh, so this yeah. headset, the Voyager 8200 I'm using today, I've had for about four years. Uh, the only issue I've had so far with the device is if I'll take this off real quick so you might not be able to hear me, but I have a little wear and I got a little wear and tear on the inside of my ears. But the problem, the reason I probably have that problem and a lot of people don't is I use these all day, every day, probably six yeah. to eight hours a day. Right. Um, and so it really just depends on the usage of them. I have a, a Savvy 8220, which is a pretty high end headset sitting on my desk that I used to use, you know, uh, if I had it for the same time frame, about four years, about five to six hours a day that has no, no visible wear or tear on it will probably be good for the next five to six years. So uh, I would say, you know, anywhere between four to eight years is probably standard for these, a lot of these headsets. Some of your corded USB headsets, uh, you know, they're a little bit uh, cheaper made. So uh, probably three to four years on those devices. But again, it's really up to your use case and, and how you're using the devices. But we really make these products uh, set to last. I know I have, have a couple of clients who have their Voyager 5200s, had them for eight to nine years now and say wow. hey you should probably replace that right you need a new one and they're like yeah works just fine there's no wear and tear i might have to yeah yeah i might have to replace the ear tip inside the device but that's it and <laughs> yeah. it works and i'm like okay and I, it makes me mad sometimes i'm like paul you should make some you know some cheaper uh products so we can start this life cycle a little <laughs> bit earlier right and that's <laughs> called planned obsolescence and i remember yeah, that right. lesson you know that was that was the, i think the hp lesson back in the day but um, you know, so it makes me think about, you know, uh, future state, right, in terms of, you know, if in the industry, if they think, you know, fast forward five years, 10 years, they must have some sort of concept products that they're thinking about. Do you have a sense for that? Like, you know, give us a sense for, 
what does 2030 look like with devices? Yeah, so a lot of it is going to be they want a hands-free environment, right? And so for for us, what we're seeing, and especially in in uh, enterprise video, um, they don't want somebody on the controls, you know, having to control the camera across the room, following somebody, right? They want it to be a hands-free experience. They want it to be simple. Uh, they want to be able to walk into a room, touch one button, join into a Teams meeting. And be done with it. They don't have to think about it. They don't have to. They don't have to know about it. Nobody has to know how to use the cameras. Um, it's just a one-touch button. We call it one-touch dial. Just boop. I'm into a meeting. I don't have to think about it. Long are the days that you know it takes you 15 minutes to set up a a, a video conferencing <laughs> call in a in right. a in a workroom environment, right? Uh, we're going to see a lot of remote workers stay at home, so we're going to see you know that same uh, demand for you know the webcams and and the headsets uh, for the remote worker. Um, but when people are back in the office, that that hands free. Uh, Rem almost uh, remote. Yeah, I, I walk into a room and um, I, I can just literally start a meeting by one touch of the button is it, huge. And I know Teams has done a great job as well, too, with, with uh, um, a lot of their devices where they allow, um, um, you know, you could schedule a room, walk into it, touch one button off your, your control panel, whether it be Questron or a Poly or a Jabra or a Logitech device. And boom, you're into a Zoom meeting, you're into a, a WebEx meeting, you're in a Teams meeting. It doesn't matter what the platform is. As long as you invite that room, it's good to go no matter what platform you're on. And so flexibility has been huge too. You know, long are the days where um, we had clients say, I'm only a WebEx client or I'm only a Skype for business client. It's, it's being able to accommodate multiple video platforms in that environment. Um, as well too so yeah it's crazy with 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 COVID hitting you know a lot of people are using zoom for their personal use but maybe not for their office use and then uh people in the office said well you know we're we're a teams environment but we'll just allow our employees to use zoom too because they're used to it they're they know about it and then um you, you know we saw webex get thrown in there we've seen new players in the marketplace ring central has their own video solution now uh, so a lot of people are, are are in that space and so being able to be flexible in that environment has been huge um, yeah, so I know with Teams especially has kind of driven um, with our Microsoft clients has driven where a lot of these guys have gone because a lot of our older standard space equipment doesn't work with Teams today. So you either need a interoperability license like we have Real Connect. I know Prexip has a solution as well um, where you're able to use um, older equipment that was standard space equipment in a Teams environment, right? So you're not going to get a native Teams experience with that, but you're going to be able to do your basics of dialing in, dialing out through a Teams call. What we've really seen is a lot of our Microsoft clients come to us and say, hey, I need a native Teams room experience. And so we've created a lot of new products specifically around Microsoft Teams to allow um, companies to, to deploy them and, and just have that native Teams environment. So uh, we have collaboration bars that are native for Teams. We have uh, our um, MTR solutions that are have PCs that are, are tied to the room uh, that allow you to have that native Teams experience in the marketplace. So what we really see is is it's not Poly that's really kind of changing the game. We are from a, a, a camera standpoint, an audio standpoint, but what what really drives it is is just the providers. So the the Microsofts, the world of Zooms, what they demand. 
and say, hey, this is what yeah, we want. I, it, it makes sense <laughs> because, you know, like to your earlier point, you know, if you have a product that can last eight years, it may, be, it may not be the actual hardware that causes you to make a change, but, you know, the platform and what's around it if the hardware can't plug in, you know, I mean, technically speaking. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's it's good. It's good. I um I think we're at time. I this uh I, unless I'm missing Bob's or any, any. No, I think that's yeah. great. No, it's been really really informative um today, and and thank you so much, Colin. It's been a, a great conversation. Uh, you know, the, the device is such an important part of our world right now from a mobility standpoint, and and knowing a little bit about where it's going and what is trending now has been very educational for me. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you, you guys having me. Yeah, it's it's just, a, you know, it's, it's something I thought we'd ever live through a pandemic, but it's really kind of shaped the, the world in a different way. It's been uh, it's been interesting to see. It's been kind of crazy, but it's really kind of transformed the marketplace. And so it's, it's uh, from a technology standpoint, I almost think it, it was a good thing. It's really taking companies to look at it and see, OK, we're a little behind the eight ball. We really need to transform our workplace to be a little bit That's more right. accessible, not only from an office perspective, from, from a remote perspective. So it's really driven a lot of companies to do that digital transformation that we really didn't see before uh, the pandemic. So if there's one silver lining from this thing, it, there's not a lot, but that's probably one of them. Yeah, yeah. Forced, it forced a change. It forced yes. a change for yes. a lot of companies. So that's all good. So thanks again. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank I appreciate you. it.